Through the Keyhole is fueled by Vanessa House Beer Company, located in Automobile Alley at 118 Northwest 8th Street in Oklahoma City. Stop by the tap room and try the legendary 401k lager or the refreshing destination wedding cerveza with salt and lime. Vanessa House is always brewing something fun like the Pog Hard Seltzer or their sweet and tasty sours. Great beers for a hot Oklahoma summer as we march towards football season. Stop by the Vanessa House Tap Room at 118 Northwest 8th Street in Oklahoma City for good drinks and family-friendly good times. Kids and pets are welcome. Yes, I mentioned kids and pets in the same sentence. Vanessa House Beer Company, the best beer in Oklahoma City. Please drink responsibly. Welcome to Through the Keyhole, an Oklahoma football podcast. I am one of your hosts, Peyton Guthrie, uh, joined by a very, very uh, skeleton crew version of the full uh, team uh, with the holidays kind of wrecking everyone's schedules. Uh, with me will be Alan Kinney, uh, currently on the road, um, at, you know, holiday travel as it is. Uh, I was in Dallas, I think, a week or two ago. Next year, I'll have to, I'll have to be in Baltimore at the Baltimore uh, area uh, for the fiance's family. I've, I've promised to make the travel out east. Uh, but Alan, how you doing? How's the holiday treating you? Yeah, no, I mean everything's good. Uh, you know, been catching up on some football, uh, but you know, just uh, no, living life, man. Everything's great. So the the one and only topic we really have for this show, I'm sure we'll we'll uh, rabbit trail our way into some other things as we always do, is the um, the Alamo Bowl, the the game that uh, we have both these teams, University of Oklahoma and University of Arizona. Um, matching up to uh, you know play a game down in San Antonio, uh, both coming in with two differencing two differing differentiating uh, narratives. I would say you got Arizona at number fourteen overall, uh, the latest uh, ranking, sitting at nine and three with a red hot freshman quarterback, seeming to be a team on the rise, a team ascending, uh, and you have the University of Oklahoma sitting at twelfth overall. Uh, via the uh, you know the snubbing uh, according to our podcast um, from the ESPN playoff committee not letting them have a, a New Year's Six Bowl um, seeming to be kind of I don't know maybe on shaky ground do you think maybe that that maybe very simplified narrative of the game before we kind of dive in a little deeper on there seems to be seems to ring true in your mind if you're just a glance at it you know Arizona team that wants to be there and this Oklahoma team that you know, losing Caden Green, losing its offensive coordinator, Dylan Gabriel's going to Oklahoma. Uh, I'm sorry, Oregon. Seems like maybe they're on a little more uh, uh, uneven, uneven footing, uh, allowing potentially for Arizona to really strike hot and, and get like a statement win for this bowl season for them. Yeah, I mean, I think that's actually a pretty good way to put it, right? I mean, there's just I'm not sure if we're using on shaky ground so much as it just feels like there's a whole lot more influx. Um, yeah. around the Sooners. Arizona, on the other hand, I mean, you know, I'm sure if they could have played this this game a uh, week, couple weeks ago, they would have preferred it. You know, I mean, this is a team that finished the season very hot. And, uh, you know, it, it's a kind of thing where, you know, it's a program that seems to be on the upswing. Uh, they're retaining Jeff, Jed Fish also. So that's a uh, kind of a big, you know, the kind of thing that teams uh, often rally around at bowl season. So, yeah, mm -hmm. no, I think that's a pretty, pretty good way to put it. 
Yeah, that's something that uh, maybe we'll never know the ins and outs of it. Uh, we had Rob Bowern on over on the uh, uh, Patreon podcast. If you guys want to sign up to the Patreon, patreon.com slash through the keyhole. We have two Arizona uh, bloggers who came on. Uh, well, not two bloggers. One's more of a national guy from an analytical standpoint. We have Eric Townsend of the Zona Zealots and Rob Bowern of um, Sharp College Football. Both kind of broke down and previewed Arizona Wildcats for us. Uh they, they they kind of see it from the other side of it. They've they've both mentioned both of them mentioned if this game were played a week after the season or two weeks after the season, we would pick Oklahoma to win kind of comfortably. But now that's been so on you know further out, we feel more comfortable now. Now obviously that's because Oklahoma's had the departures it's had. You have a, a starting quarterback leave, you know offensive coordinator leave, so on and so forth. It kind of re, re, re um, rebalances that equation to a certain degree. Um, but one thing that really, really struck me off from Rob was the the national understanding of the Dylan Gabriel situation. Um, you know, something he brought up. He's like, he's like, tell me about all the details about what happened. I was like, it's, that was always the plan. <laughs> uh, do you think maybe that departure again before we get like really into it is something that maybe has stung Oklahoma like nationally a little differently than what we are expecting because we kind of knew this was it. Like this was Dylan Gabriel's last season at Oklahoma, but it does seem like people who aren't living and breathing Oklahoma were caught off way more off guard than I expected them to be. Yeah. I, I mean, they said at the very beginning of the season, I mean, you know, this would be Dylan Gabriel's final season in Norman. Uh, that, that was made very clear uh, by Prem Thunderbolts, you know, and I mean, I pointed out, you know, Gabriel did happen to have another year of eligibility, but I mean, at the time, I think everybody expected he'd be trying his hand in the pros. Um, he, you know, so I mean, I get the idea of wanting to paint this as, um, you know, OU picking Jackson Arnold over Gabriel, and I think that there's certainly a lot of a lot to that in the sense, you know, I mean. Who knows what happens with Jackson Arnold if, uh, you know, Gabriel is, you know, stays with the program as the end of the start of this year. But my guess, if I had to, if I had to guess, is that he got um, the kind of offer from Oregon also to go there to play quarterback yeah. for a year that, um, you know, isn't the kind of thing that OU would have wanted to um you know, match or, or even or exceed, if that makes sense. So, you know, I think that there's kind of two, and that's just me speculating, but just knowing what I think the Gabriel's value would be to uh, Oregon, a team that, you know, needs a kind of a stopgap option at quarterback versus uh, what OU is looking at next year, um, that would that would make a lot of sense to me. Yeah, Oregon being able to play that, you know, completely and fully, you know, kudos to them. They, they get Dylan Gabriel, who should be able to deliver to them, you know, Bo Nick style, you know, statistics or more, <laughs> probably more. And then also grabbing Dante Moore, who potentially you could have gotten, you know, your quarterback of the next two years after that on the cheap, uh, whatever that number would have been at that point in time uh, for that perspective. You know, I, I saw, I think it was uh, George, George Stoya was saying, uh, maybe it was, uh, tune had said, uh, you know, we need to dispel the, the, this around Oklahoma when it comes to NIL. There's a difference between the ability to pay and the willingness to pay. 
my assumptions, University of Oklahoma, we're looking at what a lot of pro teams look at. We would love to keep Dylan Gabriel and Jackson Arnold. The salary cap situation doesn't really quite work out. <laughs> you have to play both of them starter type money uh, at that point in time. And you have to pick the one that you'd have more than a year. I mean, to me, you know, if, if you're future planning, um, Oklahoma's not in a position to go in like Ole Miss is right now, where Ole Miss is saying next year is a chance for us to finish third or fourth in the SEC. And if we do that, we go to the playoff. <laughs> so we have to spend all of the money right now and get it done. Uh, and right. kudos to them, 100% kudos to them. If I was on that program and I was running it, I'd be thinking the exact same way of the, the, there's an, there's an opportunity because in 2025, OU is going to be acclimated. Texas is going to be, we're, we're two teams down the rung. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So it's next year or never. <laughs> right. Good on them. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, you think about it, uh, you know, would you rather have, I mean, to me, it's, it's, it was, it was always a no brainer. Like I'd rather have, the potential for two to three years of uh, Jackson Arnold at whatever price they're paying him right now. And I'm sure that will be negotiated up, but as opposed to um, matching Oregon for one more year of Dylan Gabriel, like to me, it's just, I, I, I grant, I haven't seen, uh, you know, as much of Arnold as I have of Gabriel, but uh, that's still a uh, bet I'm willing to make. And if it doesn't work out with Arnold, well then, you go into the portal and then you find the next, you know, hot kind of uh, free agent commodity in the uh, college football transfer portal or quarterback, right? Yeah, and you got to think if the University of Oklahoma says, "Hey, we want somebody," they're going to get somebody. I mean, they pulled just use Dylan Gabriel. He was enrolled at UCLA. <laughs> I mean, or maybe he wasn't enrolled. I can't remember the quite thing, but he had been on campus, for my assumption, or been in the area for a few days. And Oklahoma just called him up and said, "Hey." come on down and you know yeah. Oklahoma does have that pool uh I believe it was something like the, if Dylan had been on campus for like a couple more days or something he would have been like locked in or something along that nature so in that time frame Oklahoma gets Dylan Gabriel and obviously the Peyton Bowen stuff situation of not steining the thing so mm -hmm. Oklahoma if, if they really want you they can find ways of getting you uh, and trust me they know your number uh, so I, I don't think it's <laughs> too big of an issue for Oklahoma moving forward but I mean I don't know. Have you had a chance to listen to uh, or, or maybe prove some of the comments of the uh, of Seth and Joe John about the uh, uh, their press conference today for the Alamo Bowl? You know, I, I listened. I was listening to it. You know, kind of in and out. Um, you know, it, it seems like you know, kind of the 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 gist that I got from Seth Luttrell is that he's not looking to really shake shake, shake things up right now. Uh, you know, that, that part of it was kind of interesting that, you know, the idea that uh, he'd be kind of putting his stamp on things maybe um, at a later date. I, I you know, I don't know. Uh, it's kind of, I kind of think, you know, you've had, what, 15 extra practices right now to uh, kind of shake things up in that regard. I, I, I kind of hope that he does, you know, kind of uh, maybe uh, add a few wrinkles or start, you know, directing the team the way he wants them to look uh in 2024 on the field as opposed to really necessarily zeroing in um on just game planning for arizona but at the same time i mean i do think that 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 the fact that they do have an actual game waiting here as opposed to starting this up this whole process like say up in uh, spring ball is the kind of thing that 
can tend to focus a team and center a team. But did they, I mean, what did you take away from what uh, what they had to say? I, I was I was honestly a bit surprised that Seth had decided. Or, or it was decided, like you said, we're, we're going to hold off on everything. We're, we're just going to run the system we've been running, all that type of stuff. And I guess you're right. I mean, really, if you look at it, you got 15 practices to try to overhaul something or try to implement something at that point in time. So what really caught my guard, caught, maybe piqued my interest was the idea that now all of a sudden this game seems more important to the University of Oklahoma and to Brent if he says, this isn't a time to try something new and start installing. We're not using these as extra practices for spring install. We're using these practices to finish this season. That in, you know, I was always of the mindset, you know, just of a fan of, hey, this is this Jackson Arnold. We're going in here. He's we need to get a head start on everything. We're looking at next year. And you can see maybe from this perspective, from those comments, Brent was saying, no, we need to finish this job first. Um, and you know, getting to 11 wins for whatever it's worth is worth something, you know, at that point in time, we're talking about recruiting or talking about program building boosters and stuff. So I could see him looking at that saying, we were at six and seven last year. We lost our bowl game against a team, which, you know, was shut out of the playoffs, but very well should have, you know, if the quarterback hadn't been hurt, I mean, all that type of stuff. And we played them at quote unquote full strength uh, and, you know, and took them down to the wire. This would have been a, it's, it's a thing to say something, you know, Brent Venable, I'm sure doesn't want his career to start off. Oh, and two in bowl games, you know, think things of right. that nature. Yeah. Like, we need to be a winning team. And part of winning being a winning team is winning their bowl games or just winning any game that's in front of you to win. So that part was kind of interesting from that perspective. The thing that I have on the other side of it was just how Seth was talking about Jackson Arnold. They are not shying away from any sort of expectations when it comes to Jackson Arnold. I mean, they keep saying he's a special talent. He's going to be a special player. I mean, there isn't anything like, you know, if he, if he works really hard, he has a chance to do something. They're already like, no, he is the guy. He's going to be the guy. Just wait. And it's, that's a, that's a tone that I'm not used to hearing out of university like Oklahoma. I mean, that's more of a, I don't know. I mean, I hate to be like insulting to us. It, a flashier program that's a little mm-hmm. more of their kind of communications right. to the public, but they are not shying away from this at any way, shape or form. I mean, do you think that bodes well for, I guess for Seth or his career opportunity, if he's getting a chance <laughs> to, to coach a quarterback, they keep calling right. him a super special guy. But like I said, we haven't seen anything enough to know that. I mean, is, is there a chance you think this is like the debut where everyone you're under the lights and here we go. And now next year, everyone's thinking, man, Jackson Arnold, put him on the list for some awards and stuff. Right. You know, well, you hear those comments and you do kind of start to think, okay, well, maybe like the idea here is we're going to show really showcase this guy. Like we are going to give him a a real opportunity. We're going to open up the offense. And, uh, you know, you see in cases like this, you know, where you've got, uh, backups playing in lieu of the starter or whatever that you know they try they take a more conservative game plan don't ask them to do a whole lot and maybe they go the opposite way here and just like say we're going to hang it all out there and uh you know i mean really let him uh try to stretch the field really let him try to uh you know kind of get after arizona secondary which you know can i think can be had um and you know that's the kind of thing that uh you know, OU will have the spotlight in the sense that they'll, they'll be the only game on. I mean, an opportunity, you know, 
Arnold is a well enough known commodity nationally. I mean, maybe you do, you know, say, hey, here's what you get a chance to work with next year if you really believe in this guy. And, you know, uh, <clears throat> it, you know, the four uh, attracts more people on the transfer portal or, you know, kind of there's an, there's also another signing day still left to come. Plus, you know, the idea of just getting jump start on recruiting for uh, for the next season, too. So th- there's that part of it is certainly intriguing. Yeah, it's just something that really kind of, I don't know, it it, it, it it perked me up just hearing them not shy away from it. Because, mm-hmm. I don't know, he, he, most of you listen to what Brent Venable says, how he communicates, how he tries to put things into perspective. It's always, if we work really hard, we have a chance to win 10 games and a chance to do something. And it's very much so of like, if you put in the effort, there's an opportunity. You know, that, that's right. what he's always talked about. They're not talking about that way in any way, shape, or form when it comes to Jackson Arnold and his future with yeah. his program. And, you know, it's, it's if you've watched like The Crown or anything of that nature, anytime they have to like speak to the public, he everything's recruiting. You know, he's self mm-hmm. by them saying that, it's still self-recruiting Jackson Arnold being like, we think you're going to be special here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, stuff like yeah. that. It's, you're always doing that way, way uh, any way, shape, or form. Uh, which is funny uh, because when I was uh, mentioned, uh, Eric Townsend over at the Zona Zealots had asked me to do a write-up for Oklahoma for them. Uh, I pretty much said, I think, you know, if you're going to look at somebody that, you know, the easy, obvious, obvious answer is look at Jackson Arnold. He's going to have the ball in his hands every single play, uh, you know, hopefully. Uh, but if you want to really have a guy to watch out for, uh, I think it's going to be uh, Sawchuck. <laughs> uh, he's healthy. Mm-hmm. They're probably going to run the ball a whole bunch. But, uh, you know, this could be a, a showcase type of game to, to allow Oklahoma to put some points on somebody. And also maybe just kind of say nationally, we're okay. There's nothing to worry about. We still got two guys. We still got offensive coordinators. I mean, there, there seems to be a, uh, I don't know, maybe there's a recruiting pitch that's working. Maybe Missouri has found something to kind of pry some recruits or some portal uh, guys away from Oklahoma towards them. Um, you're just seeing these things, and, you know, as a fan and as we both are, um, I don't know, you're kind of grasping for straws at that point in time and kind of figuring out how these, why these guys are going to this place versus not going to that place. Uh, I don't know. Do you have any thoughts on the portal activity and OU's kind of uh, dalliance so far into it? Uh, it seems to be continuing the trend of not going after any of these big name guys in any way, shape, or form. Uh, oh, man, I'm, I'm assuming they're going after them, but not wanting to pay $600,000 or whatever the numbers are being tossed around to potentially upset something for a one-year rental or something of that nature. Uh, is there, I don't know, do you have any thoughts on that? You think Oklahoma's still doing well by holding the course uh, and continuing to go with the guys they've mainly recruited? That's the way I would do it. You know, I mean, you look at some of the big names, I mean, Walter Nolan or whatever that, uh, you know, Ole Miss is at it. That's, yeah. that's, you know, that's serious business. But I think that just for, in terms of, if you were to ask me, where does OU really need to um, try to kind of fortify this team right now? Offensive line comes up, uh, tight end comes up. They're focusing there. I, I think that that's, that that's the way to do it. And, you know, I, I don't know. I still think that, the teams that are going to ultimately have the most success in the end are going to be the ones that do the best work on national signing day. Um, you know, whatever happened with Caden green, that was disappointing. 
Um, but I still think that the chances that someone's going to be able to uh, come to OU or come come to someone on OU's roster and peel them away uh, going forward, you know, if they're if there's somebody that OU wants to keep, I think that's going to be a, a a tough ask. And I'd rather see them kind of concentrate their efforts and dollars uh, with with those guys. So before we, again, I keep saying before we get into the actual game, because uh, I think that's probably the meat of it. Uh, these are some smaller topics that we're talking about. Uh, I had a little bit of back and forth of, uh, with Sheehan on Twitter just about the quote-unquote meaningless bowl games that we're in right now of players mm-hmm. opting out. Um, you know, he's like, something has to change here. I mean, you've got guys. He's like, I understand first-round guys, right? I understand first-round guys opting out because what's your ROI on playing this one game? There is none. It's only a negative. You know, if you get hurt, you, you potentially knock yourself out of the first round or something of that nature. Where he's like, but what does it matter for these late round guys or these, you know, undrafted free agent guys to opt out at this point in time, you know, besides having another game to put, put on tape. My rebuttal to that was, well, if you're being told your entire life that this is your one chance for potential life-changing money or a potential career, and that your agent is saying, if you can get point you know, a 10th of a second off your 40 time, you will get drafted. It seems like a super easy answer. Go work on that. You know what I'm saying? Like playing in the bowl game all of a sudden means nothing. Uh, then we had a little bit of back and forth. He's like, well, if, if, you know, college football is only about just a prep school for the NFL, then we need to change something because what are we doing here? The actual things that happen on the field have to matter. And I guess I want to ask you from a fan, obviously these things matter. I want Oklahoma to win and to lose, but to a young professional, <laughs> uh, mm-hmm. should they matter? I mean, should, you know, it, basically the thought I came around to was my enjoyment of the sport cannot be rooted in somebody making a negative decision for their own future. Uh, <laughs> and if that is the case, then I need to recalibrate how I'm doing it or the networks need to pay the players to play in the games because they're valuable to be on the networks, <laughs> uh, something of that nature. But do you have any thoughts, anything about the quote unquote meaningless of, of the bowl game season as we are that aren't New Year's, New Year's Six games or the playoff games? Well, I mean, you know, John Walters, he's a longtime, uh, you know, kind of veteran sports writer. Uh, he, I remember him talking about this one time and, and someone complaining about, uh, oh, well, these, these bowl games are just meaningless exhibitions. And he's like, bro, listen, in the long run, they are all meaningless exhibitions. You know what I mean? <laughs> like these are yeah. all just games. So, you know, what we, what we attach, attach importance to is kind of, kind of depends on, on us. It's very much in the eye of the beholder in turn, but you know, in terms of these guys who are opting out who might be a late-round draft pick, my argument would be they are the ones who need to be seen out more so than the guaranteed first-rounder. The guaranteed first-rounder, yeah. I mean, you know, <clears throat> if he gets hurt, maybe he does drop a few spots, but, I mean, everybody kind of knows where that's going. The guys who are on the margins who are trying to get drafted or who – um you know, need to actually, you know, prove their worth in training camps, that type of thing. They're the one, I mean, you know, a guy who blows out his knee in a bowl game that is then rehabbing during uh, training camp instead of actually being out there on the field. I mean, how likely is he to get one of those spots? I think, you know, these guys, 
it, it reminds me a lot of, you know, like senior year in high school or college, you know, in college in particular, there was like a saying, you know, like D is for diploma, like, you know, so long as you actually pass the class, if you've got your job and everything else lined up for when you're, you're done, you know, who cares? Um, like, but, and I'm not saying that's a way that a player should approach this. But my, my point is more along the lines of our, our minds naturally focus on the next thing and getting ready for that next thing. And, um, you know, like that's just how we, how we function. We're, we're thinking more about the future than the now. And you can't, you can't blame anybody who's already, if their mind is already moved ahead to, I'm getting going, I need to start getting ready for the NFL or I need my, you know, my agent is going to finance my training. So I need to, you know, start taking, taking advantage of that. Go for it. Like, don't, don't hesitate. Like I don't, if, if the, if, and if that hurts, like, you know, the bowl games, I mean, who cares? Like, that's not that's not your concern as you know as as a player to make to make sure this bowl game is watchable you know yeah it's also something like societally we always talk about again i'm getting to that point in time in my age now i'm 35 years old (laughs) we're about to be 36 next year obviously that's how that works uh thinking man if only i had been more cognizant of my future (laughs) when I was a teenager or something like that. You know, in society, you always say, man, these kids, they're not thinking about putting money back and all that type of stuff. And here we have a literal group of people from a test case saying, I'm opting out of the immediate gratification and dopamine of playing this game in in lieu of a future payoff by protecting my assets protecting myself and gain you know working hard to get to the next step of my you know my life or career or you know and still control my agency from that point in time and and i get i i truly understand it because this is probably why i'm having the hardest time with it because it is conflicting to me i like watching college football and college football games are better when all the good players are playing uh but when you, I think maybe it's a chance for us to sit back and say, if I'm the one who's upset via maybe I'm a, a media member or just a fan or something like that, like we get something out of this and I am upset because they're not playing, that should tick something in our head, if that makes sense. I mean, it should be, oh, that player has value or you know, that player has some mm-hmm. sort of marketable effort in which it needs right. to be taken care of beyond just an NIL thing. You know, these bowl games should I mean, they really should look at the, uh, you know, NBA in season tournament and say, winners get $10,000 a player or, or something of that. Right, nature. Yeah. And it's like play yeah, for it. And yeah. maybe that would be helpful. That would cost some of those later round guys to say, Hey, this is very helpful. Cause they're, I, I'm of two ways about this. Like opting out right now is very smart. In my like to like what you said, these later round guys. But let's use Caden Green. Let's just use Caden Green. Let's use him as example. If Missouri said we're going to double your money, I don't know what I'm just saying. Yeah, know, hypothetically, yeah, I mean, we're going to double your money. You should. He should have taken that immediately. Don't even answer a call. Just say I'm going. See ya. I mean, because you don't know if the next play blows your ACL out or something of like that. You know, what I'm saying like mm-hmm. money now versus money then, all that type of thing. If you know it, it's losing because of interest, it's three percent down. Yada yada yada. So it's kind of like from the NIL side of it. If you still got playing years or things like that, you're only marketable and cashable for so many years. 
make as much money as you can. Um, and then also, if you need to protect yourself, opt out and protect yourself. So maybe maybe I'm I'm of two minds uh, from that perspective because yeah, I know a lot well, of OU yeah. fans were thinking like, if Caden would have stayed, he would have been drafted in the NFL. I'm like, well, he's going to get drafted anyway if he's good. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like. Enjoy great food and drinks at the original Norman Hotspot and its first cocktail bar. Scratch Kitchen and Cocktails is our choice for quality meals and drinks to enjoy the next time you're looking for a great night out. With locations in historic downtown Norman on Main Street and the Paseo Arts District in Oklahoma City, Oklahoma fans from all over the metro can enjoy Scratch Kitchen and Cocktails. Also, be sure to pick up or ask about Scratch's ready-made old-fashioned cocktail at your local wine and spirit store. Take the best Scratch concoction home to sit on your lounge and continue listening to this episode. Scratch Kitchen and Cocktails. Great food, drinks, and atmosphere. Well, first off, if 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 I'm offering a player, if I'm offering to significantly increase the player's NIL package for transferring to my school, the I'm there like a stipulation is going to be you are not playing in their bowl game, right? I mean, like, 1000%. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yes. And I'll be honest, man, if <clears throat> If I'm a coach and this guy is ready to move on once out, get get the step in. Like, you know, I don't I, I don't know. I would rather have somebody who wants to be here a part of this team uh playing for me in this bowl game as opposed to somebody who's already out the door. So to me, that part of it is is very kind of uh, easy to reconcile. Uh but in terms of you know the opt-outs too. Like if, if you're a media member who has been stumping for this playoff, you yep. know, the, this is, this has been the, the entire like championship or bust playoff or bust that type of mindset. Like, what do you think what kind of message have you given these kids? What kind of message have you given fans if, when you're telling them, Oh, this is the only thing that uh, the only thing that matters is this, is this playoff. Why aren't these guys wanting to play in a bowl game on December 26th in Las Vegas? Like, <laughs> I mean, you know, like w- the disconnect seems to be right in front of you, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And, and also like, I guess like, to, to bring up the point that, uh, that uh, I forgot the writer's name you mentioned earlier, uh, the bowl game started off as meaningless expositions. You know, they just yeah. were, they were just fun games to play after the season. The champion was already crowned before they played the Bulls. I mean, they weren't yeah. part of any of that. It was truly a reward for the players. And that's why conferences had like, oh, Michigan can't go to the Rose Bowl two times, you know, back to back. You have to let another team yeah. go because it's a reward for the student athlete to go to these places. We've lost that, obviously. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the first, for some reason that the thread of, of that has been lost. I, I'm not entirely, I guess I'm, with money. Maybe, yeah. I, don't know, or I mean, I mean yeah. Like, like these bulls historically, like you've mentioned, they're, uh, they're a treat for the players and for probably for the fans who want to have a nice opportunity to travel during the holiday season. Right. Go somewhere warm, look at something. I mean, this is completely it, 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 what you know the idea that they're meaningless will yeah they're meaningless like you know but th- it was never about like giving giving fans or giving the people at home some kind of real compelling uh tv product you know i mean i realize that's what's turned into with espn being so heavily invested in these games but i mean the idea was always this is a reward for the players yeah uh let me see here Man, I had another thought that kind of popped up in my head, but it's, it's 
quickly evacuated uh, as his, as his life from this point in time. Uh, I guess let's actually talk about this game. Are you excited about this football game for Arizona, um, uh, Oklahoma? I mean, obviously, you know, in March, we're going to be like begging for <laughs> any like Iowa football game to be on TV. Uh, but <laughs> we get a chance to have Arizona uh, take on Oklahoma. Two evenly-ish match teams, uh, both are starting young quarterbacks. I mean, there seems to be intrigue from a game level, but how, how do you feel about this game uh, as it will be played on the 28th? Oh, yeah. No, I'm really looking forward to it. Um, you know, it's – it's. I like, you know, these games. I like seasons watching OU when, like, they're – you know, this is kind of a situation where – I mean, OU's going to go into this game as an underdog which is wild, mm -hmm. you know, you mean, when you think about the historical and kind of brand names here with OU and Arizona, but, uh, you know, a lot of times OU fares fairly pretty well in these situations. They tend to, they perform pretty well uh, as an underdog. And so I'm looking forward to that. Um, you know, it's going to be the last time we get to see watch OU play for a long time. So of course there's that there, but, you know, I always look at bowl games, you know, as essentially, especially now with all the opt-outs and everything, as like a preview of what's coming next year. Um, you know, an opportunity to see uh, what some of the new faces, the new contributors look like. Uh, and so from that in that regard, you know, I, I'm in, excited. You know, the big one here, of course, we've already talked about is Jackson Arnold. So I'm, I'm really excited to see what, what uh, is up there. But you know, also seeing how he works and how he fits in with, um, you know, a host of uh, skill players that are coming back too. So, yeah, I mean, there's there's a lot that I'm excited for here. So let's I guess let's go into it. I mean, um, you know, Arizona again, like we said, they've got a good passing attack or at least a good quarterback who's able to get guys open. Uh, a decent-ish running uh, situation uh, that wasn't. I mean, the reason why that team really caught fire uh, over its last games and was able to go on the winning streak to get the nine wins was on the, the strength uh, of its passing attack and uh, Noah being able to not have as many turnover type stuff. The guy before him um, was boomer bust from that situation. Delore yeah. boomer bust in that situation. Noah was able to kind of bring the, the negative plays to a minimum while keeping the positive plays. But uh, uh, from that perspective, how did, how does this Oklahoma team match up to Arizona in, in your mind? Uh, I'll give you just my perspective really quickly. Oklahoma's a very solid football team. Now, if guys are going to be uh, you know cycling in and out, I do not expect Danny Subman to play much at all. <laughs> uh, mm -hmm. Just being banged up and everything. Obviously, Dylan Gabriel being out, probably a little start, starts and starts on offense. But I do believe Oklahoma's a very solid to a good college football team and should be able to score and stop. Uh, stop a team like Arizona, um, maybe not at will, but enough to be able to win this football game. Uh, Oklahoma should be able to air it out. Um, uh, and, you know, like he said, Arizona's uh, secondary is gettable. Um, but I don't know. From, from that perspective, I, I think there's probably stuff to be won on the edges for Oklahoma. But what, what do you think about as maybe you potentially wagered on this game? Potentially, I don't know. <laughs> I may have an internal rule about Oklahoma football. Uh, but how, how do you see this game matching up for either team? Yeah, you know, I think that actually when I look at what OU does or how they performed on defense, you know, there there has been um, kind of a tendency for OU to give up, uh, you know, some big plays, uh, both running and passing. I mean, you, know, you look at OU's 
uh, marginal explosiveness numbers from uh, S&P Plus, or SP Plus, pardon me. Uh, you know, marginal explosiveness, the defense rushing is ranks 78th nationally. Uh, passing ranks 115th. So, I mean, you know, OU gives up big plays. Um, the the uh, thing about Arizona is Arizona does not really hit a lot of big plays on offense. It tends to be a much more uh, methodical kind of offense. You look at, you know, marginal uh, explosiveness rushing the ball, they rank 94th. Offensively, marginal explosiveness passing 89th. I mean, I look at it and think, you know, this is a team that really doesn't doesn't necessarily challenge OU um, the way you know some of the some uh, some other teams do. It's still a very well coached, very methodical offense. But from that perspective, I do think it the, it, it breaks down kind of well, pretty well for OU. Um, you know, looking at though at the other side of the ball. With the offense, it really is going to be. I mean, we we just don't know enough about what Jackson Arnold can do um, to say like, oh, you know, I think that oh, uh, you will look like this or that. I mean, he, I we don't we're not there yet. Yeah, that I think you're right. I think the reason why I'm really interested in this football game is because it does seem like it's going to be a back and forth game, like you said. Can Arizona? with its offense, find enough success to continue itself from a a play-to-play efficiency to hit some bigger plays that OU will want to give up from time to time in its own coverage and things of that nature. Uh, Do they have the ability to do those things? You know, uh, OU has, uh, we had Rob on, Rob said, OU is a top 20 defense in passing and running on my side. That's that's how my model spits it out. And, you know, SP Plus has Oklahoma as a 33rd rated uh, overall defense. Uh, it does seem like Oklahoma should be able to make things interesting for Arizona, <laughs> at least, you know, uh, and, and as we've seen it throughout the year, Oklahoma will allow a team to drive on them. We've seen it. Um, and then it will tighten up in that red zone area and, and really kind of shut things down. If OU's not getting you to three and out, you can get some yardage success and, and then kind of gets retightened up down the backside of it. And because of that, I think it'll be an enjoyable football game to watch because <laughs> you're able to see the, both teams kind of going back and forth from that perspective. Um, but I, I truly think the game, I think the story of the game for us going in and, and maybe nationally is going to be Jackson Arnold. I think the player after the game is going to be Salchuk uh, and he's going to have, you know, 175 yards and like three touchdowns or something like that. I, I think at the end of the game, it's going to be that perspective. Um uh, for Oklahoma to have any sort of like major success, uh, again, major success. If Oklahoma's like winning by double digits or something, like he has, be- he has becomes the player he has shown himself to be over the last few games Oklahoma had, where he's topping 100 yards, things of that nature, and breaking one. Um, that's where that difference maker will be. Um, I- I'm just not for sure if that will happen. Uh, and if it becomes a full Jackson Arnold hero moment game, then it is looking more like. You know, Oklahoma 31, Arizona 28, something of that nature. Um, so, I mean, I haven't, I mean, to be honest with you, the holidays and stuff, these these bowl games, as you get older, these bowl games get harder and harder to keep up with. <laughs> as, yeah, as well, you, and, and now and especially, and everything. With, yeah, and with so much fluctuation, so many fluctuations in the rosters and everything, I mean, uh, it's harder, it's really harder to break down Arizona in particular when, you know, when you don't know necessarily who's going to be out there and who's not. 
Um, you know, one one area I would like to see OU, you know, take a step forward in this game is especially with uh, – I'm trying to remember the name of the uh, left tackle for uh, Arizona who's going to be out, um, Jordan Morris. Yes. So he um, was yeah, – yeah, he's brought up multiple times as like, this is our NFL guy, <laughs> and he's not going right. to be there. <laughs> yeah. I mean, uh, yeah, left tackle snaps equated 769 this year. The next closest guy is like 24. So, I mean, I'd like to see OU's pass rushers in particular – really give that left tackle a workout um you know because it, to be fair i mean OU's pass rush kind of disappeared down the stretch um you know yes. you, so you're hoping that, the, that that's a case where they can um find themselves you know guys like R. Mason thomas or you know uh ethan downs to you know to kind of remind uh remind everyone including themselves that they can do this you know what i mean like that's going to be a big part of uh, OU's offense going forward. And, you know, it, it was, it was noticeably lacking. So that's, that's definitely one thing uh, that I'll be, I'll be keeping an eye on. Um, but, you know, I, I guess, you know, looking at it though, I mean, Arizona, the times that I watched them play, they struck me as just a really like, just a very solid team in a lot of yeah. different ways, but just not a whole lot of like flash. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like I just didn't see it. I don't know who those, who the, you know, a guy like Jacob Cowling, maybe, I, you know, you could see some big plays from him, but like on defense, again, it was kind of this deal where I saw a lot of really solid players all over the field, but no one player who really stood out that made me think, Oh, like this guy is, is a, uh, you know, an elite defender or anything like that again not a knock on them but just saying like it's hard for me to identify any particularly big standouts on the other side on the other side of the field and at times that can be beneficial you know hey we understand our system we know what's going on or it can be you haven't played anyone with a lot of talent (laughs) to, (laughs) to, to really push you from that perspective uh now this is flipped obviously but i remember i think it was like arizona I'm sorry, it was Utah maybe like five, six years ago where they were getting, they looked like they were going to go to the playoff and then they played Oregon in the Pac-12 and Oregon just, Pac-12 game, and Oregon just blew them off the field because Utah hadn't played anybody with speed basically the entire yeah. year. Uh, obviously, they've been able to uh, address those situations and, uh, and flip that from that perspective. Uh, but I'm trying to pull up uh, Arizona's game logs. Um, yeah, I'm looking at them here now. So, you know, I mean... Washington, uh, mm-hmm. they played, lost by seven. Um, you know, at USC, that was a like triple overtime game. They lost by two. Washington State, they blew out. That was, uh, and then that was at uh, Wazoo mm-hmm. too. So, you know, that that's an interesting one. But then like Oregon State, you know, they they beat them by a field goal at home. UCLA beat pretty handily. That was a good one for them. You know, like at Colorado uh the one by a field goal you know the utah win i I think if you had to pick like one game that their their best game of the year is probably that win over utah um late but utah had like the fifth starter quarterback at that point in time i think they did and i think the other issue there too is utah had essentially been eliminated from the pac-12 race i believe at that point Mm -hmm. and so 
um, you know, again, that, that has a tendency to uh, bring out kind of the worst in teams, you know, when they, when they lose those kinds of, uh, find themselves in those situations. Yeah. The week before they had lost, Utah lost to Washington on the road. And so this is a back-to-back road game where they were and and they, you know, three, they were, had three losses already back to so they were done. So, yeah, that's, I mean, so when you're talking essentially you're talking about, you know, kind of whipping up on, uh, you know, a, a reeling Utah team and a UCLA team that just wasn't as good as everybody thought. I mean, not exactly like, you know, wins to write home about. Yeah. And again, not trying to call them like a paper tiger or anything of that nature. Yeah, no, uh, nothing like that. Yeah. They're, they're a good football team, which should push Oklahoma, um, you know, for the entirety of this game. I mean, I think something that would strike me is if Oklahoma were just to, to put it on them. Like that, to me, would strike me odd. <laughs> uh, bowl mm-hmm. games are crazy. Uh, it just doesn't seem like, I just don't, of the of their chances, I see it being a close OU win, close close Arizona win, Arizona blowout, and then Oklahoma blowout in that order. I'm not entirely for, that. that's just kind of how I see it um, from that perspective, because Arizona does seem like a very well-coached team. Oklahoma itself is a well-coached team, but it is having to deal with, Losing starting guards, losing starting quarterbacks, you know, losing uh, a running back. I mean, not running. Yeah, yeah, potentially losing running backs, losing wide receiver. I mean, you've got a lot going out in the transfer portal for Oklahoma. Um, it's, it just seems like there's a lot of collective brain drain or talent drain kind of leaving, you know, obviously offensive coordinators leaving, things of that nature. Uh, so I could see it either being Oklahoma still just a more talented football team. So they're able to ride that out or um, Arizona's is better for that day. Uh, to me, that's kind of how I see the, the game kind of shaping out from that perspective. Uh, let's get some, uh, let's get some scores uh, written down here. I've already got a uh, Matt and Brady. So Matt says 31, 28 Oklahoma Brady going against his usual perspective here, uh, uh, saying 38, 23 Oklahoma. So he did not pick Arizona to win. Uh, I'm going to say it's going to be 27 to 24 OU because I'm a big homer. Uh, we all have them going here. Um, and that's all of us just believing <laughs> in Jackson <laughs> Arnold and believing in all this stuff and wanting bowl games to quote unquote matter. Alan, are we going to get a clean sweep? Or are, we all, are we all picking Oklahoma or uh, what's going on here? Yeah, I am picking the Sooners here. Um, I, I, you know, obviously coming into this game, I felt uh, when it was first announced, like, man, that's a, that's a, that's a tough draw for you. Just yeah. seen how Arizona played, you know, just closing the season out. The more I've looked into the game, though, I feel a lot better about uh, how you matches up. And we've, we've talked about it here, but there are some, there are some reasons to think OU will get a good effort here, particularly playing the quarterback of the future, having a new kind of, uh, you know, kind of fresh set of eyes on the offense also. So I'm going to go with the Sooners here. Um, I think that uh, I'll go ahead, though, and take a shootout. How, why don't we do that? I'll say 34-31 OU wins. OU. Yeah, I mean, that is, for, that is a different sort of perspective about it. You've got everyone who wants to be there is there. <laughs> and sometimes yeah. that matters. That matters quite a damn bit, to be honest with you. Yeah. And Oklahoma being – you know, this, 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 this program or, or this game features two people who are transferring out uh, for different levels. You know, the former starting quarterback for uh, Arizona, who says he will play for the bowl game. And then 
start doing mm-hmm. the transfer process. And Tali Walker, who's in the por- portal right now, Oklahoma saying we're supporting him in every way, shape, or form, and is currently practicing and I guess potentially will play um, in, in the bowl game. So it just seems funny to me after the uh, the outrage of, of the calendar. I want to do one slight tangent. I don't think we got a chance to talk about this. Do you think the college football calendar is broken? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Immensely. But I just, I mean, broken in the sense that it's, yeah, this is all very unfortunate. I also just don't know, though, like, how else would this work? Like, you know, I mean, like, these guys are are students. They really are. Like, they really do. And and. These universities do have concerns beyond football, such as we need to start a semester on this date and, you know, you need to be enrolled by this time and all this sort of stuff. I mean, the calendar, you know, if you're talking about in that regard, like the transfer portal, like there's just no, how else would you do it? You'd have, you know, unless you just move this season around completely. I don't, I don't know. I don't see how you do it. I, I do, I do think though that like, in general, you know, the recruit, like having all this stuff, I mean, imagine like trying to prepare for a playoff game and having national signing day. Like, you know what I mean? Like they'd be yeah. doing, they'd essentially be having national signing day, like, you know, a couple of days before the first round games, uh, you know, next year. It's, there's gotta be, there's gotta be some improvements you can make on the margins to, to make this better. But they're always going to be bumping into those realities of, you know, trying to, you know, work around the fact that this is supposed to be an academic endeavor. Yeah, I, I guess from that perspective, that's that's a, a point of that's just a point of view I didn't really kind of uh, take in mind for I didn't even think about the university side of it or, or just from that point. But the point I really stuck on it was really just a bunch of crimey a fucking river. <laughs> yeah. Know, if, I, if I'm West Virginia, I, I have to sit there and say, well, no one can go into the portal until Georgia's done winning a national championship. You know, it's like, no, I have to deal with mine. I have to get my right, team ready. Yeah. Who cares about whatever you, yeah. like, boo hoo over there? Because I, I forgot who it was. I think it was Ari Wasserman. He was like, this is a travesty that Malik Murphy has to, tra- has to go into the portal and miss. I'm like, no, it's, he just didn't have, to, I mean, like, he could have transferred in the spring, could have. I mean, it's, yeah. it's he, you know, he made decisions, but they're like, this calendar is so broken. It's a travesty to these players. I'm like, so if I'm some less, like, you know, smaller school for smaller budget, I have to sit around like, let's just wait until Texas gets done playing all their games. And then, then we, I mean, it's, it, you need, it, you need clarity it, it doesn't on matter. what things are going. Yeah. yeah. You, you, it, you need, you know, I mean, everybody needs to know, right? You know, he. I think Malik Murphy's going to Duke. Is that right? Correct. Or, yes. Yeah. yeah. And Duke needed to know I mean, who the starting quarterback was going to be. That's what I'm saying. Like, you know, I mean, like, sorry that you know, Texas. I mean, it, that sucks for Texas, but or pardon me. I mean, it. It's. I get that it's an inconvenience for Texas that they don't have a backup quarterback. Correct. For the playoff stretch, but. You know, but they do. It's also a Ballyhoo yeah, five-star best recruit right. of all time. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And so it's like, well, you know, I mean, it also sucks for Duke that they don't have a quarterback as of right now. I mean, they're that's that's also a, a tough, you know, that's also a tough break for them. They they need that clarity heading into the next season to figure out 
what they're going to do. So, and, and again, and again, like I said, it goes back to the issue of, you know, unless you want to change in the enrollment date for school, yeah. <laughs> like, this is what we got. Yeah. And in the Duke situation is, and please correct me if I'm wrong, obviously Elko takes the job. So that means everyone on the roster gets a certain amount of a timed window, I believe. Yeah. So yeah, then like yeah. that, that's a different calendar. Now that quarterback left within that window, he was going to leave probably regardless anyway, yeah. but it, it, so then they, now they're behind. And I just, for some, it just, for some reason, it just struck me odd. I mean, it just struck me as in we, we are, I, I don't know what this, there's, 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 there's a, a, there's a small little person inside of me shaking the hands at the people who make all the money <laughs> saying like, mm -hmm. why are we cheering for like, we have to make sure this system works best for Alabama. You know, it's like yeah. who, like whatever system you put Alabama in, it's still probably going to work out for Alabama. Right. It doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah. Allow somebody else to potentially get something, especially if we're trying to do this whole, um, we have to treat college football in this special glovesy kind of a way. You know what I'm saying? It's like mm -hmm. where everyone's got the same shot and all that type of stuff. Um, we're all playing the same sport, <laughs> even though yeah. we know that's uh, different. It just seems, it just, for some reason, I don't know why it's tick it ticked me off in, in the way that it did. But, you know, it's like, oh, no, Ohio State is losing football players. I'm like, who? I don't fucking care. <laughs> yeah, I mean. No one's boohooing me when Oklahoma loses a guy. They're saying right. Oklahoma sucks. Uh -huh. They should have paid more money. It's like, well, what's going on? <laughs> yeah. And like, and like, you know what? I mean, it sucks that Malik Murphy won't get to, for Malik Murphy, that he doesn't get Correct. to finish yeah. the season with his team. And I, I understand that. But if he wants to do that, <laughs> you know. He doesn't have to transfer. That's correct. Yeah. When people are like, like he won't get a chance to yeah. potentially win a national championship. I'm like, nothing is stopping him from just transferring after the spring game or, or something. I mean, there's another window yeah. that opens. I'm like, he or, could have done yeah. it or he could just wait it. You know, it's, it could just yeah. been, I don't know. People have to make their own decisions and we're either for player empowerment or not. Yeah. yeah <laughs> and exactly. it's weird to get that mixture just right, I guess. Uh, so I don't know. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. That that was a very yeah yeah way of ending the podcast, but that's 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 where we ended up at. Just the two of us kind of shooting the shit. Uh, sorry guys for not having the full full team on here. Uh, Matt having some uh, thunder activities he had to take care of. Not storm watching the basketball kind. Uh, Brady having to do some and uh, you know Brady stuff. Who knows? It's crazy yeah. over there. But we'll be back for the no cap recap over on the Patreon. So patreon.com slash through the keyhole we have some peeps some there'll be some collection of us on there talking about this game uh and if our reactions to it either out of joy or extreme sadness but go check that out we have 110 members who follow us now that's fantastic i don't think we ever said that out loud we've gotten over 100 uh thank you so much for that uh uh i want to do a mailbag episode but no one's emailing so if you would like to email us please do if or not, or just, hit us up on twitter yeah. figure out a way to get to us or Anything. or you know yeah something we'll do if we if we get how many questions do we need to do a mailbag episode? Do you think five? I, th I think five because I wanted to do something like, like we have five questions and then we do like what are our fourth or five things we want to see in twenty twenty four? We can ask ourselves or something like that. So if we get five, we could do a mailbag and, and kind of walk our way through that. So let's see if we can get that as like a goal. Uh, I'll tweet right. that out. Say so DMs hit us up. Anything, yeah, anywhere. hit us. D yeah, hit us up. You know, hit us up on Twitter, Facebook. 
um you know if you're a patron you know put put something in the comments well we we actually do read those something like that email us that's the other thing you know but if we get all we need is five questions that's it guys just five, five. it's super easy maybe who knows also shout out to a uh, i think garrison right now is currently winning the bowl game pickup uh he's currently in uh in line for the 50 dollars home field gift card um uh, i'm currently in third i will pass that off <laughs> if i were to uh, win one of those uh but anyway thank you everyone for listening to us uh ramble as we always do we'll have other content up uh fairly soon talking about talking about the reactions to the game wrap up the full 2020 season and so on and so forth but for myself for alan for brody and for matt boomer 